Anderson is the founder of Be Your Radiant Self and is a Reiki healer, holistic health coach, personal trainer, blogger, speaker and mama of two girls. Her mission in life is to inspire and support women everywhere on their journey to coming back home to themselves and connecting back to themselves with physically, emotionally, spiritually and sexually. Kylie realized the importance of this after having her first daughter and going through the process of feeling lost and the yearning for the soulful space to just be herself. Kylie can be found at beyourradiantself.com. She has a podcast of the same name and we will link her website and social media in the show notes. Let's bring Kylie in. Hi Kylie, welcome to the Still Mama Tribe. How are you? I'm good. Thank you both so much for having me. I'm excited to be here today. So good to have you here. Thank you. (laughs) So we just, before we obviously get into it, um, we know that you have moved out into Macedon Mm -hmm. and you have started your own podcast. What Do you want to just delve into some things that you are getting into at the moment. Yeah, of course. Uh, It's been a lot of change for me and my family in the past 18 months. We moved to the Macedon Ranges last year, which was such a good decision and I love it out there. It's so beautiful. But that also meant that I had to restart my business. So I've just started um, doing a boot camp and personal training again out there. And it's been really well received, which is exciting because I'm only like three or four weeks in. So that's always good. And also welcomed um, another little girl into our family. So we're now a family of four, which is very exciting. So, yeah, it's just been lots and lots of change. And, um, yeah, just like I said, starting my business again, getting my Reiki healing out there because I'm a Reiki healer as well. So, yeah, a lot of change but very exciting. How lovely. I've heard the Macedon Rangers are really beautiful too. Oh, I love it. You have to go. <laughs> it's so nice out there. Beautiful. Lots of open space, fresh air, and the Macedon Rangers are just gorgeous. So mm. I love having that as our backdrop of our backyard. So can't complain. <laughs> How beautiful. So we're here today to tell the story of your miscarriage. And I'd like to kind of circle back to you speaking a little bit about your Reiki healing that you're um, diving back into. And we were talking earlier about how you had a Reiki healing session after your miscarriage and it came up that your baby was a girl. Yes, it did. Um, Yeah, about maybe two months after I had my miscarriage, I just felt like I needed to have a healing and just really cleanse my womb space. Um, and I went and got a healing with the lady that taught me Reiki. And yeah, it came up that um, we had a little girl and that she was going to support me with my Reiki so I can help other women that have been through similar things. So um, that just blew my mind because I, I had a feeling that I was having a little girl and the healer said to me that her name, um, she wants to be known as Rose. And so a thing that she would love for you to do is as a family with your daughter and your husband, go and pick out a rose and plant a rose in the garden that symbolizes her. 
And the funny thing was is that her middle name was going to be Rose if it was a girl. It was going to be Charlotte Rose. So it's given me goosebumps just talking about it. So um, so we oh, still even yeah. to this day refer to her as, as our little Rose. So That's yeah. beautiful. And I like the sentiment of like straight away she's like, you need to go and plant this Rose. Like, you know, that's that's amazing like what a beautiful gesture because we keep coming back to the moment what are people's rituals and like that's such a beautiful one and mm. yeah I think that's that's yeah it's beautiful I love it yeah, yeah so and we've just planted that in the garden now and we got one for my eldest Ava and our little baby Sophie so there's three three rose bushes in our new garden so it's oh, nice <laughs> so what color uh they are white and like a white creamy creamy color but my daughter ava wanted bright pink <laughs> so of course yeah how beautiful so would you like to uh, begin by telling us a little bit about finding out you were pregnant with baby rose yeah of course so it was it all just is around Reiki around this little baby because I just finished doing Reiki level one and a week later was when she was conceived. Uh, it was a surprise. I found out a week before Christmas that I was pregnant. We hadn't been trying. Um, so she was like this little surprise that a Christmas present really. Um, and yeah, it was, it was a bit of a shock, but a very welcome shock. And yeah, I just, I've, my period is very 28 days and all that sort of thing. So when it didn't come, I was like, okay, this is a bit odd. So peed on the stick and um, sure enough, two lines popped up and I was in a bit of shock. I called hubby and said, you won't believe it. I'm pregnant. But once we got past the shock, it was just all the excitement. Um, my eldest was just over 18 months old. So we thought that's a nice gap. Um, so yeah, it was a Christmas present really. Yeah. And so you got pregnant in between the two, in between Ava and Sophie. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So um, found out I was pregnant with Rose in December 2016 um, and then lost her in January of 2017. And I just needed to give myself a bit of space before we started trying again. So I fell pregnant with Sophie in June 2017. So about a six month gap. Yeah. Wow. So I'd like, I'm going to go a little bit off track here. We don't normally kind of go this far off track straight away, but you mentioned that you had to kind of prepare yourself to try again. Mm -hmm. was, was there anything that you did other than your Reiki to help you get ready? Um, I think Reiki was a big thing for me. I wanted to really heal and have that space, I think, to allow myself to grieve um because I think people just or people that I was surrounded with tend to be like oh well you know you have a miscarriage it's sad but move on you can try again and it's like well no I really just wanted to honor her because she was my baby um and now I'm gonna get teary um so yeah I just I really looked after myself um had the healing, I got back into exercise and healthy eating because that had um, slid a little bit. Um, so I just really wanted to kind of honour my body and do what I could to just have a really clean, healthy, cleansed um, body ready for our next baby. Um, and before we tried again for Sophie, 
um, I also went and saw um, a lady that's a psychic, which I'd seen a few times, and she'd also told me to like put white light around my womb and visualize gold light and um, pink light to um, just surround my womb space with health and love. So when I did fall pregnant again, I, I kept doing that with Sophie as well to just really try and have a good space going on in there. So, um, yeah, just really looking after me, I think, and allowing myself to fully feel what we'd experienced um, and not just wipe it and swipe it away and pretend that it didn't happen because uh, I do have friends that kind of just kept it to themselves and the amount of people that came out and said to me, um, oh, I've had a miscarriage too, just blew my mind, like people I knew. Um, like my auntie and stuff I was like, oh my God, why aren't people talking about this stuff? Because I felt like I was alone and that I had to just like get on with life. And, you know, yeah, like Rose was, I lost her at nine weeks, but just still she was a baby. She was a soul. And having that Reiki healing to know that, you know, she came to me to help me with my Reiki to help other women. Like there was a purpose for her. There was a soul. There was a reason um, so yeah, I just really felt like I needed to honor that, honor myself and honor my body. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. Such a beautiful, um, way of, you know, looking at it and how, you know, going into the fact that you, you, you've allowed that space for yourself mm. and for her, mm. um, to honor her, to honor your body. Um, and also just the fact that, you know, she's then given you that purpose mm. of not just being, um, you know, a lost baby, yeah. which is really nice. So, um, yeah. Um, do you want to go into for us, like, um, so you found out you were pregnant with mm. her and sort of what happened then? So you guys were really excited. Mm. Um, and we know that it was only obviously a very short nine weeks and usually even when, you know, you don't even get that nine weeks because you don't know you're pregnant. Um, so what, what, when, what week did you find out you guys were pregnant with her? I think I would have been about four to five weeks because I have become very in tune with my body. And like I said earlier, like my periods, 28 days and all that, I was like onto it quite quickly. So yeah, I think I was four to five weeks pregnant when I found out. So I had, yeah, like four weeks with her and knowing that I was pregnant with her. So, um, that was, it was a lovely time. Um, and I'm so grateful to have had that with her, um, with, all, all three of my girls, I've been very like connected. I knew they were girls. So, um, yeah, I wanted to have that connection. So I gave that to her and, and after, um, I did lose her and going back to that Reiki healing, I had, um, the healer picked up that she knew that she was very loved. So that was really important. Oh, that's, yeah, I think that's, that's, like a really beautiful thing because that's, you know, what so many people take for granted because like I know for me, um, you know, I, you just, if especially if you have a bad experience with pregnancy and things don't go great, you know, it's very hard to feel like you want to connect and honour your baby um, and give them all the love when you're just feeling crappy, especially in the first trimester. And, you know, you want to give them everything, but it's very hard. Um, so to 
have that beautiful outlook and honor them and give them all that love is so important. And I think, you know, and a lot of our listeners and a lot of our audience will get that. Um, and, you know, and they know, especially after having a loss, like how important it is more than ever to have that connection mm-hmm. and give them all that love. So it's beautiful. I know I can see the tears <laughs> in your eyes. I know it's, 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 it's very hard. Um, but yeah, so, <laughs> um, obviously sort of between that finding out and the nine weeks, um, where did you sit? So you've got Christmas, you're happy yeah. and then it all doesn't go great. Yeah. So, um, did you want me to head into, go for, go it. for it? Okay. Go for it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I was quite nauseous and sick, um, and extremely tired with her. Um, but I think the funny thing is that I, I knew something was not right. Um, and I was trying to, I suppose, kid myself a little bit that, um, that everything was okay. Cause I thought, oh no, it's because I've had friends that have had miscarriages and that's why I'm feeling like scared and like nervous. And I'd go to the toilet and every time I'd wipe, I'd be like, oh, thank God there's no blood. Like I just had this going on and I never had that with Ava, my eldest. And yeah, I just put it down to other people's experiences and that's why I was scared. Um, and I think I kind of like forced a lot of things thinking that, you know, oh, if I start buying her clothes, I'm putting it out in the universe that everything's going to be okay. And it just, yeah, it was that playing on for the, the whole four weeks, four to five weeks that I knew I was pregnant with her. Um, kept pushing my worries and concerns aside, just saying that I was just being silly. So I think I just always knew that something wasn't right. Um, and then it was January. It was, uh, we lost her two days before Australia Day, so the 26th of January. Um, so on the 23rd of January, um, it was a weekday, so hubby was at work and I, I think Ava may have been in daycare from what I can remember because I don't think she was home. And sure enough, I went to the toilet and there was a bit of blood on the toilet paper and um, I was like, oh, okay. Uh, I've read somewhere that it's normal to, you know, have a little bit of spotting and stuff like that when you're pregnant and I'm like, all right, it's Okay. So I waited a couple of hours and had to go to the toilet again and there was more blood um, and uh, I then started to panic at that stage. So I called my husband and just like worked through it with him, ended up calling up my obstetrician's office and um, spoke to the, one of the midwives there and just said to her, you know, this is what's happening. She asked if I had any pain and I didn't have any pain or cramping. So um, that was, I was trying to hold on to that as hope that, you know, there was no pain. It was just a bit of spotting. Um, but she managed to get me in for an ultrasound that afternoon. Um, so my dad drove me to the ultrasound place and I met my hubby there because he works um, about an hour away from home. So um, yeah, so met him there, had the ultrasound and they said to me, oh, how far along are you? And I said, oh, I'm nine weeks. And the ultrasound technician said to me, oh, well, you're not because I can't find the baby. So we're going to have to do an internal scan. So we did an internal scan and um, she was only measuring six weeks, but she still had a heartbeat. So I do have an ultrasound photo of her before she before she stopped. Um, oh, God. Before her heart stopped, so, which is something really special. Sorry. 
apologize and apologize. Um, <sighs> um, by this stage, the bleeding had increased, but I still had no pain. Um, and the ultrasound technician, I think she was trying to be positive for us and saying, oh, well, we'll just, you know, change the due date. And I'm thinking... <laughs> It does not work. Like three weeks, it's not three days, it's three weeks. Um, so she she just kept saying, you know, the baby's still got a heartbeat, you know, we'll just change the due date. And I was like, okay. So we went home and um, I just didn't sit well with me. I just thought something's wrong. Like how can it be three weeks off? It doesn't work with anything with my cycle. It's just weird. Um and it all worked that like we would have conceived her a week before I found out that I was pregnant. So it was just silly. It was just so silly. And I know she was probably just trying to make me feel better. But um, the next day I woke up and I had like period type bleeding um, and still no pain though. And I ended up calling back my obstetrician. I said, okay, I've got, I'm still bleeding. And they squeezed me in um, so I could go and see a, another obstetrician in the same group because my mom was on holidays. And um, she did a did an ultrasound in the office and she said that there's no heartbeat anymore. So, um, so um, hubby and I... Um, were devastated and um gosh um yeah she I asked her how sure she was that the heartbeat was not there and she was very certain that um yeah Rose had gone um and then I had to make the decision um whether I just let the miscarriage go on or if I have a suction curette procedure and I decided to have the procedure done and they got um, me in for that afternoon um I didn't really want to um um, I didn't want to just go on and hope that the miscarriage would totally happen um because I'd heard stories of it not and ended up needing the procedure anyway so she was very certain she did the scan again to just double triple check um and yeah that afternoon I had the suction curate and it was all just a real blur um I can remember it but I just felt numb um, and I think it hit me when I woke up from the general anesthetic and I just felt empty because my baby had gone. <laughs> One minute you're pregnant and the next you're not. <sighs> so, yeah, that's, um, went home that afternoon and my... <laughs> My eldest daughter, Ava, she's just so intuitive and really feels into me and my emotions. And she's only 18 months and I got home. My mum and dad had been looking after her and she gave me a big hug and went and got me a tissue. She could see I was crying. So, yeah, that's my story. It was just a really empty feeling afterwards. Yeah.
<sighs> Sorry. That's okay. We'll, we'll let you take a minute. Um, I think I'll let Megan sort of jump in. Wow. I, there really is so much to be said for that empty feeling. It unites all of the mamas in the lost com community because we all understand and can fall straight back into that feeling of emptiness and loneliness that we all remember from our own experiences and I think you've shared it so beautifully and thank you so much for opening up in this beautiful vulnerable way because it it's such a real and raw experience and even though you spent nine weeks with Rose, it shows the connection and the beauty that she brought into your life and how you were a mother to her for those nine weeks. And it's, yeah, it, it just shows that it doesn't matter how long you spend with your baby, that time is real, it is beautiful and we grieve the loss of the hopes and dreams that we spend with them and oh, yeah the this space I'm sure that our audience can feel it too but this space is really um sacred in remembering Rose and yeah thank you so much for sharing her with us mm, of course thank you yeah and I think it just you know you show so much love um that you have for her and everything and I'm just looking at your card you've picked <laughs> and how much this just really all sort of ties it up so if you want to read your card mm. Mm, um, yes. that we picked before we started my experience with motherhood is profound and unique I will always be the mama of my baby yeah yep <laughs> I think that really it that card knew yeah <laughs> <laughs> what you needed today yeah so, which is beautiful um and I just want to ask because um, one thing that we um, talk about with our guests is when it comes down to um, like especially with miscarriages, with the procedures and things, if you want to um, talk about more about on your, on your experience with your knowledge um, of your procedure you had done, I'm not even going to try and pronounce it. So, <laughs> um, and just try and explain to the audience like because they might, it might be an option for them if they're sitting waiting for it to happen and stuff and just sort of knowing from your experience, um, yeah, just a little bit more in depth about it, if that's okay. Yeah, of course. Um, so it's called a suction curate. Um, and, yeah, they literally – I had to go under general anaesthetic um, and they just clean out your uterus pretty much um, and – yeah, just clean, get the baby, the placenta, um, and just clean out your uterus to make sure everything's gone, um, which, like I said earlier, a lot of um, women need to have after a miscarriage anyway if um, the, it didn't shed all of it. So, um, yeah, it took about 15, 20 minutes, I think they said, um, and you wake up and yeah, yeah, you're just no longer pregnant anymore. Uh, you, you get the cramping afterwards. So I had a couple of days of bed rest at home with the heat pack and, and stuff like that. But it's something that I, I'd 
would rather go through that than go through the agony I've heard. Um, I haven't experienced uh, going through a natural miscarriage myself, but the agony of the pain that that can um, have. So, and then needing to possibly have a procedure anyway. So it's it's pretty quick and straightforward, and yeah, it's just cleaning out the uterus. So. And then after that, you had your bed rest, as you mentioned, but you also took a, a few steps further in terms of exploring other options to help heal your womb and you used your Reiki and did you do any other forms of healing for yourself um, your womb? Yeah, I, I think one of the big ones, I was, it kind of engulfed me for about a week where I was just crying all the time um and trying to be a mum to a toddler <laughs> um which I'm sure Sarah can appreciate um you feel awful like you're neglecting your toddler but um yeah I had a week of just upset crying I just kind of couldn't mum for for that week and I decided I said to hubby um I felt like that we needed to have our own like I'm doing quotation marks like a funeral um, because there is nothing for a miscarriage. You kind of you're pregnant and then the baby's gone and you just like expected to get on with life. So me and him um, just one night on our bed, um, I just allowed myself to just like weep and just cry and just let it all out. Um, I bought a, a box and I put in like my pregnancy test and the clothes that I bought for her and just like that in a box and I just felt like I needed to allow myself to accept what had happened um, and be able to move forward um, for my daughter Ava at least um, and not just sit in it and be stuck um, because being stuck wasn't going to be good for anybody um, and I knew that Rose wouldn't have wanted me to be stuck. She has bigger plans for me than that. So, um, yeah, I just we just literally said goodbye to her, connected with her. Um, I just cried until I had nothing left um, and I just visualised myself um, letting uh, putting my hands up to the sky and like a butterfly flying away. Um, and... I still see a lot of butterflies and I always say that that's her and she's usually, <clears throat> I see the butterfly when I'm outside playing with Ava or something like that. So I think that's her little way of saying I'm still here um, and still part of it. So I found that to be really helpful um, just to have some sort of little ceremony for me and hubby just to cry it out together and to put that, you know, the ultrasound photo and everything in a box and just pop that away and allow ourselves just to be able to move forward from it. Um, and of course the Reiki was just really, really helpful. I felt that to be just spiritually, but also physically, I just didn't want to bring in another baby into that space where I'd had that trauma. Um, and, any residual energy as well, like obviously being a Reiki healer, I'm into all that spiritual stuff. So, um, yeah, I just really wanted it to be a cleansed for space for our next baby. Um, and yeah, that they were the main, the main things and then buying the rose together and planting that. And so just those little symbols that we did, um, because I think it's really important to totally feel your feelings but not to wallow in them and get stuck in them. Um, and that may take a week or it may take a year, but as long as you're allowing yourself to feel it, 
and not push it down and know that it's okay to grieve a miscarriage um because it's something that yeah like i've said people just tend to be like oh well try again move on um but yeah i think it's important to allow yourself to grieve in whatever way that looks like for you that's yeah it just it really sums it up doesn't it like it's really amazing um especially because you know it's people just yeah will tell you just just move on try again Mm. but what um those people who trying to give you you know they think they're saying the right thing um which we know is not right to say to anybody um but you know for some people it's actually quite complicated you know and it's not as straightforward as just trying again too um you know there are a lot of complications but um you know i think it's so great you know and i think i know and i hope a lot of people get out of that you know that you don't have to just move on straight away. You can allow that time and that space to sit with yourself, um, honor your body, honor the baby, and you know, create those little um, ceremonies or little rituals that you can do um, that you know, hopefully, people can pick up on that you know, that might help them. Um, yeah, whether it's planting something or giving themselves that space to just sit and weep and honor their baby and your womb. And what, you know, and what as us for women, you know, get so much from and like we sometimes just don't sit with ourselves and really honour our bodies and what an amazing thing that we can actually do um, until you, you know, you've tried <laughs> at least trying to get pregnant and so many times like, you know, um, you know, our bodies are incredible um, and and it is also also extremely sad in a sense of when we lose a baby um at any gestation um you know it's just having that grief and you know how beautiful that Ava is so in tune with you and being able to you know sit with you um with it and bring you a tissue is and I just sort of want to tap into a little bit more of um you know that parenting when you're grieving um and how really hard it is and i know that you know some days i still struggle with that of us getting up and having to parent and you know even though he's four for me you know he sometimes will just come and sit with me until i'm ready to get out of bed (laughs) (laughs) so you know what else you know you know how was eva in that week um that you just needed to grieve and cry yeah yeah it's um it's all a bit of a blur um but she is very like i said very intuitive with me so a bit like arthur with you sarah i think she'd just come and lay in bed with me if that's like just tally on (laughs) i'm just gonna lay here here's the tv and um yeah just relying on other people to help um i think is a big thing to ask for help so Ava was in daycare at the time, so just one day a week, but even that one day was helpful and my parents being there to help as well. So I think, yeah, just she just went with it. I think she knew that something wasn't right and I tried to explain to her because I like to be honest and open even when she was only 18 months old um, because, you know, one minute we're telling her there's a baby in mummy's belly and then all of a sudden there's not a baby in mummy's belly anymore. So 
I explained to her and um, we got a little angel baby statue thing and she still sees that and plays with it today and she knows what it means and she's like three and a half now. So I think she just kind of, I don't remember her playing up or acting out. She kind of just went with me and just we probably did nothing all that week, just stayed at home and, and yeah, she went to daycare, had my mum and dad to help and and I think after I did that ceremony of being able to let go of Rose, I think I was holding on to her and that's not fair. Um, so that just kind of the weeks after that, I was able to just be mum a bit more. But yeah, I think it's just asking for help when you're struggling like that in those first however long you need um, is is a big thing and we struggle to ask for help as mums. Yeah, we absolutely um, do. Yeah, even as women, I think we struggle to ask for help. We just try and do everything. Um, but I think, yeah, just asking for help and hopefully kid doesn't play up if you do have a toddler because you just got to take it easy on yourself. And if you need to use your TV as a babysitter, well, that's what you got to do. Yeah, absolutely. It's such an important thing. I think it's been a massive learning curve for myself. I've actually yeah having to just accept accept help um you know even just for people like wanting to like send you like a card or something or like a little token of remembrance and things um or food you know I was just like yes I will take it it (laughs) yeah no and you know normally I'm not that person and it's amazing like when you're going through something so traumatic and um, and all the grief that's tied into it, you're just like, yep, if somebody's going to say, yes, they want to do something for me, then I will take it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then, yeah. And then also asking for help, I think is such a big, important thing, um, of not being afraid to ask for help because that's the one is such a crucial time for people that, you know, especially if you've got <laughs> crazy toddlers running around, you need that time, um, to just sit and be with yourself um, and then being able to then help you parent Mm. because you're no good to them if you are just, if you can't sit and honour yourself and honour the baby and then being able to parent as well. Like it's very hard to manage the two um, (laughs) with a crazy toddler running around. So, um, yeah, it's nice and, you know, just, yeah, having TV or just a book or whatever, <laughs> yes. or iPad, just something, something to give them, you know, if you can't, you know, if the help is not able to be there, I think, um, yeah, it's very important. Mm, definitely. Yeah. I wondered if you'd be able to talk a little bit about the spiritual healing that you mentioned before mm-hmm. and how that has felt for you and maybe are there any markers or things along the way that you have um, felt like you said you saw the butterflies and that was kind of a message from Rose for you but um, have there been any other things or feelings in your body for that spiritual healing journey that you've been on? Um, That Reiki healing was just incredible. Um, I think I... I think the the first few weeks after the Reiki healing, so it would have been like three or four months after I lost her, um, I was did lots of journaling, I think was a big thing for me. Um, and she came through a few times with my journaling and she was kind of 
comforting me really saying that um, I think the main message that stood out and I can still like it was me obviously writing but it wasn't my words was um, this is how it was meant to be mummy and um, oh god (laughs) um Um, yeah I think just the spiritual side allows or allowed me anyway to just have that communication open with her which I for me was really really special Um, and and I call on her when I'm doing Reiki healings now for especially women that have had issues with um, their womb space whether that's you know, miscarriage or stillbirth or even sexual trauma. Um, I, I definitely call on her to, to help me with that. And yeah, I think the main thing is just being like, yeah, the butterflies or her popping up in a meditation that I'm doing. Um, I just feel really connected to her, which is really, really nice. And to have not tried to fall pregnant with her, but for her to come and then for me to lose her, um, I know people say, um, you know, things happen for a reason and people usually say, you know, you lost the baby for a reason, but she came to me for a reason, you know, and she was obviously not meant to be born. Um, she might be born in the future to somebody else, but for me, she wasn't meant to be born at that time, but she's got a higher purpose and I really call on her a lot too for my Reiki healing, so... Um, I think that's her purpose and why she came up for me was to help other women. So that is just so beautiful. And I just want to sit for a moment in the fact that you said um, she came for a reason. And it's so true. We often do get caught up in the loss and in the trauma of losing a baby but there is so much joy and beauty to be found in the fact that that baby chose us to start with and whatever their message or um, however they play out in our lives in the future is also a beautiful thing to think about and to acknowledge as well so yeah that oh, I just love the language you <laughs> use there. that's beautiful yeah, yeah. I yeah the way you word things is so great and and um you know just touching on obviously you mentioned your journaling which I know that we've spoken about um a bit because writing is so therapeutic after loss like it's pretty incredible like I failed English so (laughs) um which you know it's it's amazing for me considering I've had so many people say you just voice what I'm like you've written how I feel and they're like and you've written so well and I'm like yeah I felt English so (laughs) uh, (laughs) so I find that quite quite interesting in the fact that but it's not you know the way I've written is just been for me and how I sat and how I felt um with everything so it's um writing is is Mm -hmm. such a beautiful way of sitting with how you feel and how you honour your baby. And as you said, she's just come up in your journaling. Mm. Um, So, yeah, I think it's just one of those, another thing for people to, if they've never even thought about writing or if it's not their thing, like sometimes it's just nice to sit and just Mm. write, even if it's like, if it isn't a journal or like me, I'll just (laughs) 
sit on the beach with my phone and I'm just writing in notes. So just like yeah. just whatever's going and just letting it flow and it doesn't even have to make sense. Mm. But it's just having that really nice feeling of just sort of allowing that to whatever's in your mind out yeah. in into something. It doesn't have to go anywhere. But it's just I think allowing that to get out of your mind um, and it is a nice release I think which is quite good because your mind does go in such a flurry and things and I know that especially since I did start meditation a lot more seriously in yoga it's 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 raced even more it's brought up so much more and I have to sit <laughs> with myself after and actually write things down because it brings up so much mm. it's um yeah it's, it's quite powerful so yeah, I definitely see my journals like I call it my therapist <laughs> and you know you're not going to be judged and yeah. like you said, it's for no one but you and mm. you can just like rip it off and throw it away if you need to but just getting it out I think is really super important rather than pushing it down and sometimes, you know, people, we know people mean well but um, sometimes it's just nice to write it, get it out, and then you're not going over and over it again in your in your head and, you know, you're not going to be getting opinions flying back at you or anything like that. So, yeah, I love journaling too. It's mm. very good. Yeah. Um, and that sort of just brings me into another point that I wanted to ask you. Um, it's people's – the things that people say <laughs> that mean well but are not helpful. Like is there anything that sort of really stands out for you that you felt – um, that really sort of didn't sit well with you that somebody might have said, whether it's a doctor or a friend or family or something, and then maybe some of the things that were really nice that were said? Um, I, I was really lucky. I didn't have anybody say anything to me that really, really made me upset. Um, a, my mum and dad, I'm very close with them, and they didn't really – my mum had lost a baby between um, – my, uh, before me she lost a baby she had an eptopic pregnancy uh, so she was like I totally feel you I get it and she just gave me a hug um, so that was really nice to have my mum who understood my friends were really supportive but I think the thing that I found was that before I spoke out about it on social media and on my blog People don't talk about it. And um, one of my good friends, um, she said to me that she had a miscarriage two weeks before I did. And I didn't even know. Um, and I think I put that on myself that I had to just get on with it. It was more society's thing that, of pressure of just, oh, well, it's not a big deal. Just move on. Like, the baby was only nine weeks. So, you know, it's just like a bunch of cells. Like I think that's one thing that I hate people saying. It's just a bunch of cells. Um, thankfully, no one ever said that to me, but I, I think it was the pressure of society that made me feel like I just had to get on with life. So I lost her on the 24th of January and then we had a barbecue for Australia Day on the 26th and I felt like I had to go and just like get on with it. So I went we got out of the car and I just lost it and I just started crying. I was like sitting in the car just bawling my eyes out and that made me realise, hang on, I need to honour how I'm feeling and I'm not up for this um, and I shouldn't have to be up for this. So that was a big motivator for me to share publicly that I had a miscarriage and like I said earlier, the amount of people then said, me too, me too, me too, me too, just blew me away um, and so 
I just think the best thing that people can do for people that have lost a baby is to just be there and listen. Don't give your opinions. Don't say what you think is the right thing to say because I don't think there is any right thing to say. Just be there, listen, don't say anything, give a cuddle. And I think just, yeah, that presence of someone supportive and loving is what you need around you. Someone to, like Ava did, gave me a tissue, <laughs> you know. Um, I think that's that's the most important thing that people can do. It's just don't say anything. <laughs> I think it's interesting too. Um, I love how you said that by sharing on social media, it allowed other people to connect with you and to allow other people to share their experiences with you. Um, and it's it can be really hard to decide whether to share your story on social media. Mm. It's um, a big decision and you make yourself very vulnerable to a lot of people all at one time. Mm. Uh, did you grapple with that a little bit in sharing that on your blog? Um, not really. I think because I want to share the good and the bad and I as much as I love social media, I also hate it. Um, I think there's too many highlight reels out there. And thankfully that's changing. I think a little bit, you see a lot more raw and real, uh, especially with like Insta stories, I think is a great thing for Instagram rather than all those curated pretty pictures that aren't real life. So I didn't even think twice about sharing it. It took me a while to share it, but, um, it, I didn't think twice about it because I'm always, stand by my mission in life is to talk about those things with other women so they know that they are not alone because it can be very lonely if people don't talk about it and and I around the time that I started talking about my miscarriage um, Megan Gale came out and spoke about hers and I thought yes <laughs> this is what we need we need somebody that has a voice like Me Megan Gale to come out and I think she spoke with Cosmopolitan or something and I was like yes this is this is what we need and I'm going to speak out about mine because you need to know you're not alone because it can be a very lonely thing and if you've got people that are telling you just to get on with life and just try again you know pregnancy is a gift it's not a right and I think that's a big thing in that we just think that we're women so oh yeah you want to have a baby you can have a baby it doesn't work like that I've been around clients of mine that struggle to get pregnant or can't get pregnant and then thrown in the mix of losing babies and stuff like that I just think it's really important to have these conversations so Sorry, that was a bit of a long answer to your question. But, um, yeah, I, I, I didn't think twice about it. It was just something I knew that I had to share. And I and when in my Reiki it came up that Rose was behind me to help women, I thought, well, this is just part of that. Amazing. Um, um, is there anything else that you would like to share with us today? Um, no, I think... I think the big thing is just to know you're not alone if you're going through this or have been through this to definitely ask for help if you need the support and just feel what you need to feel and honor that no matter what anybody says grief comes up in its own ways for everybody there's no right way of grieving there's no length of time that you should be grieving so just take your time honor yourself and look after yourself yeah that's beautiful and um and people obviously we're in the show notes and what we said you know you're quite active um on your blog and social media as well so if people 
you know, are suffering and they don't have anyone to connect with, you know, I know that you're pretty happy to connect with anyone in our audience. Um, and, you know, just if they have, you know, anything that they feel like they need to talk about, um, yeah, that you're there to sort of guide. And, and the fact that, you know, you've also got your Reiki um, yeah. that people can also um, um, come to you for as well, which is pretty amazing. So, yes. <laughs> yeah, such is really, it's such a gift and it's such an amazing um, thing for people to do, which, you know, I'm yet to do. With you, so, um, which is, it's on the card. So, awesome. yeah, um, which will be exciting. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and I'd like to be able to talk about it one day as well and just share my experience with that. So, I think it'd be great. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for coming today. We are so, um, we're honoured. Thank you for having (laughs) me. Um, you know, and also you've got your podcast as well. Um, so people can tune in and listen to your podcast and, you know, we're just so very grateful to have you and being able to share your story and learn and listen about Rose and how she's still around you all the time, which is just beautiful. So yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your story and beautiful rose with us. Thank you very much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. The information provided on the Still Mama Tribe is for educational and informational purposes only. The information is not a substitute for professional advice or care. Please seek the advice of a qualified healthcare professional in the event that something you learn here raises questions or concerns for your health. Also, if you require support regarding your loss, SANS Australia has a national support line 24 hours a day. The number is 1300 072 637. Also, see our website for further resources and links for support.